The new album is about the Knights Templar, who are actually a, a military order sanctioned by the church. And every song on the album is about how vile humanity, the church and Christianity really is, um, and how they just tried to indoctrinate anybody that wasn't Christian into their way of thinking. Hi, welcome back to the Headbangers podcast. I'm joined with Nathan. Here today is Dean from the Infernal Sea. How are you doing? How's like the last year been for you? Yeah, I'm good, guys. Um, yeah, it's been a a very different year, shall we say? Um, you know, obviously with this whole series of lockdowns and uh, not being able to go anywhere and do anything and promote an album has been uh, very strange. But yeah, as uh, everyone can contest to this, I think all over the place. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to jump straight in with you guys is just obviously I can't ignore the amazing costumes that you guys use. Uh, could you tell us like just the attention to detail with it and you know how does it come to be? How do you decide on the costumes and like how important and significant it is to your live performance? So when we first started, um, probably around about 10 years ago, we always said that we wanted to kind of work on the stage aesthetic, um, you know, and we started off differently to how we look now, but I think it's just a natural progression of how we wanted to look from the start, but we just slowly worked our way up to it. Yeah. Um, we'd pretty much always donned the plague masks and they've just got grimmer and grimmer over time. Um, and basically we got these custom masks made um, because, you know, we were singing about the uh, the Black Death during um, the Great Mortality when we recorded that. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of capture that visceral element of the music in our um, appearance. And we just felt that, you know, donning robes and making ourselves sort of like um, mysterious, you know, with these really brutal, horrible masks and, and me donning the sigil on my mask, it just kind of really added to the intensity of the live show. Um, yeah. And that's that's really important to us because our music is really intense and we wanted the, the uh, you know, the, the people watching us to like really sort of take it all in and, and just be immersed into the whole show. Um, and I think that the whole appearance of us just makes it even more visceral and, and, and terrifying to watch in a way. No, absolutely. And, you know, I like that you guys went for a different approach because, I mean, how many times are people going to wear corpse paint and, like, you know, beat that dead horse when you guys have got, like, the plague masks? Um, it's just, like, a, a nice, unique approach. But, I mean, when I saw you guys, I think it was Bloodstock, I can't remember what year now, but you were playing the Surfie tent and that was, like, a really good show. But that immediately caught my eye with the plague mask. I was like, this is so awesome. So, yeah, it's nice to see people do a different approach in back metal with the costumes that they wear and how they present themselves. Well, with... Um... With that show was the first time that we aired the full outfits that we are wearing now, oh, wow. uh, because we we realised that if we're going to be on the Sophie stage of Bloodstock, we've really got to make a make an impact. And yeah, that was the first time that we started wearing these costumes on stage. So um, it's good to good to hear that it actually did make that impact. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely, it, it definitely might really grabs you. Um, one thing I, I kind of want to jump into the latest release, um, and the one thing I really do like from it is the artwork. Um, can you just kind of take us through some of the creative like process that you went through? You know, who was the artist? Um, what was the ideas going forward when you initially like, made the album? Um, stuff like that. that I, I'm really interested to know that. So the artwork for the new album was done by a guy called Yasin Violet. Um, and I think... Um, 
where's he from? I think he's Indonesian. And basically, we just approached him. We'd just seen his artwork and thought, this is fantastic. You know, like, the, the, what do they call it? Stip, stippled, is it? Stippling, the, the, the style mm. of um, illustration. So basically, we approached him and just said, look, we're writing an album about the Knights Templar and about these crusades. And um, we kind of just left it to him. We kind of gave him an impression of what the album was about and its themes. And we said, you know, can you kind of portray that for us? And I said, and, and as a band, we are these four robed heralds of the plague, as we, uh, you know, call ourselves. And he kind of just encapsulated that perfectly on the cover because you've kind of got these these four robed characters, which, you know, could signify us on a crusade. And it's just, yeah, it's just really cool and eerie. And um, but we kind of just left it to him to come up with. Um, you know, we, we gave him the set ideas that we would have liked. And in a way, as a typical illustrator, he kind of ignored all of them and just kind of did what he wanted to do. Um, mm. But as soon as we saw it, we were just like, actually, that really captures it perfectly. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty simple like that. Um, oh, but the artwork on the inside, we kind of said to him, you know, these these are the lyrics for the track. We want it to capture that. So Field of the Burned. He obviously did the illustration with the guy on fire. Um, you know, the, the, the other uh, illustrations got the Knights Templar helmet on the ground. And yeah, it just kind of portrays that theme and just carries it over into the into the booklet, the, the uh, album as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like a good segue as well to get into like the actual lyrical content and, you know, the concepts of the album. Like, could you tell us about what you drew inspiration from? Like, not even just musically, but like, were you watching anything? Were you like reading up on anything that like really inspired you to write the lyrics for this album? I think with The Great Mortality, because we did about the Black Death and kept it within med medieval times, uh, it's a subject that I'm actually quite fascinated by. Um, and I just felt that I wanted to keep it rooted in that medieval period. Um, because if you look at the history of it, there's there's some horrible shit that went down in that time. Like oh, yeah. It's a brutal period, um, and it just lends itself perfectly for black metal. And um, actually, a lot of stuff that happened is just is is so horrific that you know it, it, we should be made more aware of it. Um, so so the new album is about the Knights Templar, who are actually a, a military order sanctioned by the church. And every song on the album is about how vile humanity, the church and Christianity really is um, and how they just tried to indoctrinate anybody that wasn't Christian into their way of thinking by any any means necessary, whether it was, you know, they'd simply put them to the sword and kill them off or force them into Christianity and, and just just ransack their lands and pillage their villages. And God knows what, you know, they, they were just awful people. And um, yeah, so. I just kind of, you know, did like researching books and looking online and just kind of drew inspiration from that and just looked at like the worst sort of historical um, events that happened during that time and and just yeah put that into put that into the album. Um, that there's so really much interesting. That there's so much that you can explore that you can't really cover it all in eight tracks, you know. But yeah, hopefully somebody will listen to that and go away and go. Well, I never really knew much about the Knights Templar. Um, and look into how horrific they really were, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. No, for sure. Mm. And, and it's, it's as well, like, you know, when you grow up and especially in the UK, you know, they teach you about certain subjects, but there's so much of like British history that they leave out that like, you're like, oh, this is absolutely insane that this happens. And it's it's also crazy that this isn't covered in most of like your school lessons or anything, because especially from coming from like a, a Catholic school as well. I mean, obviously I grew out of that, but, you know, they definitely leave out 
and sugarcoat a lot of things in it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, you can kind of see why because of the stuff that happened. You know, they don't want to they want to keep Christianity in a good light, so they don't want to educate us on that. But yeah, it's yeah. it's all out there to to find out. You know, they they massacred a lot of people in the name of Christianity, and it's 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 mm. just horrific. Um, no, absolutely, definitely. Um, one thing as well I want to want to touch on is is the thing the main thing that kind of jumps out to me when listening to your music is like your high vocals, like they're like such a like unique sort of vocal style. What would you say is your biggest vocal influence, as well as like how you feel you've developed as a vocalist over the years? So I've definitely developed a hell of a lot over the years. Um, I listened back to previous bands and you can really hear that my vocals have completely and utterly changed for the better. Um, I think I finally found my voice and I found how to work with my voice and to project um, my vocals. Um, my main influence actually when I first heard um, was Johnny Morrow of Iron Monkey. As soon as I heard mm. his vocals um, on the track Think Dial, it just blew my mind. Like it was just so hateful and venomous and just vile. Like it was, I've, I'd never heard anything like it before. You know, it was just, his screams were just inhuman. And I just wanted to kind of capture that. You know, I, I wanted to, I, you know, when I was younger, I was like, I want to try and be Johnny Morrow. I want to try and get that voice. But unfortunately, nobody sounds like Johnny Morrow and no one ever will sound like Johnny Morrow. And, um, you know, and that inspired me. And then Jeff Walker as well from Carcass, it kind of that he also inspired me to just give it a go. Um, you know, and when you first start it you just sound shocking and it just blows your voice and you know you just really struggle but you know over the years over so many shows you just you just kind of get used to it and and I've, I've noticed as i've got older actually my shrieks have got more and more higher um and the, the sustainability of keeping them shrieks as well um has improved so much and and i did previously i did singing lessons and stuff to kind of help warm my voice up and to sustain that voice uh during the shows and stuff so which really really helped because that helped me learn how to project my voice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as simple as that, really. Um, and I think, you know, singing about what we sing about helps as well, because you get that that hate and venom in your voice. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. You just shriek, shriek away and it's good. Yeah, it's one of those things like, because I remember when I first started doing vocals, it was like such a difficult thing to like, sort of think about like you've really got to put yourself in a weird mindset to be able to do them like and it, honestly like i normally do quite a lot of highs in in my music as well and when i heard your highs i was like this guy shits all over my eyes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're, they're incredible man thank you you know it, it, it will come it's just you just just got to keep doing them and yeah like I say, just it's it's about what I found that's helped me a lot is actually learning to to sing from the gut and not actually from the throat. Um, and I think that was a mistake in the early years. Um, hence why you would mm. you blow your voice out so much because you're singing from your throat all the time and trying to project and push from there. But um, yeah, sing from the stomach and you can shriek all day. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so when I think of black metal, I think it almost like divides into yeah. two categories. Yeah, You've yeah, got like the, atmos- the atmospheric and the headbang worthy. But I feel like Infernal Sea has like a healthy balance of both. Um, what would you say is the approach to it? Do you think it just comes naturally or was it like we want to kind of be these both sides, these both titan sides of black metal? Uh, it definitely comes naturally. Um, yeah. We've we all came from different backgrounds, so you know some of us were in punk bands, some of us in hardcore bands, mm-hmm. death metal bands, etc. So there's that mix of influences in the music, but it just it's just what naturally comes. We, we've always said that first and foremost, we're actually a rock and roll band that plays black metal, um, and we've always wanted to inject that sort of rock and roll into the into the music. Um, because we all grew up listening to like the new wave of British heavy metal and stuff like that. So, you know, we're big into them sort of bands. Um, but yeah, it's it's just natural. Um, you know, we don't specifically say, right, this is what we want to do. You know, and when we we're writing songs, we were like, OK, we want to throw in a, a black and roll riff into here, you know, just to kind of break it up. But yeah, it's just whatever comes. Um, our guitarist is really good. Uh, I mean, we call him the Riff Master General. So he just can oh, write. He can just write frosty wrists for days and um yeah it's just whatever naturally comes from us and we just meld it into the to the infernal sea basically now now that you've said that about you know some people being into punk and you know being into british heavy metal like i do see that now in some of like the riffs and the the patterns in there it's definitely it's not all traditional black metal there is some other influences put in there but i think it makes it more dynamic in my opinion so i do appreciate that definitely and, and it's about that we didn't want to be you know, a blasting black metal band that was just, you know, three minutes of blasts and no variety. We wanted to kind of change it up. And we like them rock riffs where it gets the crowd headbanging, you know, because it's memorable. And, you know, our guitarist writes really memorable riffs that get stuck in your head for days. And that's the sign of good songwriting. You know, we want people to remember us. We don't want people to be like, yeah, you know, we saw this band, they look cool, but you don't remember any of the riffs, you know. Um, And I think we kind of, we've kind of perfected that with the uh you know the sort of songwriting so yeah no, absolutely but also like black metal is uh, a good template for a lot of things like it goes well like it's like you know putting salt on things like black metal and salt goes well on so many things like can go with british heavy metal can go with rock and roll so like when you implement these certain elements it does flow well definitely it's a it's a genre that you can literally do anything with and it can it can work you know look at yeah. look at dark frame for example you know they've gone from death metal to black metal to cross punk to sort of stonery doom you know and they, they mix everything in and it works you know it's dark frame mm. it still sounds black metal um it just goes to show that you can pretty much yeah try anything and i don't think there's I'm trying to think of anything that they've injected into black metal that hasn't worked i don't think it really has mm. um no, yeah, sure. yeah. I think it's because as like a genre, the baseline level is so flat, sort of like flat line that you can mold it into any sort of shape you want. Like you can put it into literally everything. It's such a malleable genre. It is. And it's about the atmosphere. As long as it captures that atmosphere of black metal, then it'll pretty much work with anything, whether it's, you know, crusty punk or got that old school new wave vibe about it. It it is through and through just about the, the atmosphere at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Um, one thing that I, I picked up on earlier, obviously you've mentioned that um, this latest album is about the Crusade and you've mentioned previous albums have been about the Black De- Death. Um, is like historical events always been like a big influence on you? Like is it something you've always been naturally drawn to? 
Definitely. Um, I just find it really interesting to think about historical events and, and how um, humanity hasn't really learned from anything in the past, um, that we keep mm -hmm. actually making the same mistakes. And um, yeah, you know, as, as we progress, things do slightly become better, but then in other cases they become worse. You know, it's, you, and then you look back at history 500 years ago or whenever and, and go, actually, we did this before. Why are we repeating this? How is this happening again? And it's, I just find that really interesting, the comparisons and stuff. Um, and like I say, like, they were just brutal times back then. There's, there's so many, you know, horrible things to sing about. It's just interesting. Um, you know, we didn't want to go down the war front, uh, you know, sort of like the war path because everybody's doing, you know, lots yeah. of fans do the, the war themed black metal, don't they? So, um, and we, we're not, we're not singing about heritage and stuff. We're just singing about the, you know, the vile nature of humanity and, uh, history is rife with it. So you can literally go at any point in history and pick out something horrible that we have done as a, as a, as a species, really. I wonder if, like, mm. you know, in a hundred years from now, a lot will be like bands singing about the COVID period, like, oh, they were dark times, like, you know, reading about in history books. Like, does it make you think then how people reflect on this time as well? Definitely. Well, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of bad stuff happened during COVID, you know, not just necessarily the pandemic, but everything else that's been going on. It's like, yeah, they may look back at that and see all the revolts that have been happening and, you know, all the corruption that's been going on within the governments and stuff like yeah who knows what we're going to think in 100 years time it's it is a strange time isn't it who who would have thought we'd ever be living through a pandemic you know like like say you mm -hmm. you know about spanish flu and you know about the black death but you, yeah. you never think that it's going to happen um and and here we are 100 years later and yeah it's happened again you know yeah exactly mm -hmm. like, what, what's you know, crazy yeah. is yeah, well, what, what's crazy is, is the level of documentation there is about this history now as well. Like, you think about it, like, when you read a history book, most of it's like, we think it kind of happened like this based on these letters sent to so-and-so, but we really don't know for sure, but this is just a wild guess. Now, like, it's just going to be completely mapped out, like, this is exactly what happened, and it's just a crazy thought. Like. Yeah, definitely. You know, it is, it is mad, isn't it? Um, definitely, yeah. You know, like we, we're just lucky that um, science and, you know, medical um, has, has advanced so much that we it's not to the extent of the Black Plague, which, you know, was just mm -hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of people just dying like, every day. You know, it's like, yeah, at least at least we weren't wandering the streets and people were dead on the streets and there was people with carts wheeling off the dead, you know. And ho thankfully, we advanced enough to kind of prevent some of that. Um, obviously, there was still quite a high death toll, but, yeah, it could have been a whole lot worse, couldn't it? Um, oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. definitely. Like if, if COVID happened, like, you know, 100 years ago or before that, Things would, yeah, things would have definitely been different. It'd be, it's kind of scary to think about the alternative dystopia of what it could have been. Yeah, well, we probably wouldn't be talking. At least one of us probably would have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, so obviously going to black metal, um, it's arguably that the fans are, let's say, passionate about the genre, you know, when new bands come in. Did you ever feel like pressure coming into like a genre web? You know, there is kind of, you know, a stigma of elitism with it. Like, did you feel pressure coming in as the new band or was it just like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do it? No, not at all. Um... It is a very elitist movement, but then being a metalhead, you kind of have that elitism in you anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
it's just mm. ingrained into us isn't it and and like i say some of us came from hardcore and punk bands that's full of elitist pricks so you know it you kind of just used to it to be honest but um yeah black metal felt right because it was something that we'd always really been into as well you know we'd we'd been in black metal bands and um, death metal bands and stuff before so we've been listening to it for quite a long time and and actually like had been involved in the scene for a while anyway even just going to shows and stuff so um no it wasn't daunting we just kind of had that fuck it you know people are gonna like us or they're not and simple as that um but and that's why we made such scathing music you know just to kind of smack them in the face and say this is who we are you know if you're gonna like it great if you're not then fuck off um and that, i think that's the the best attitude to have really because otherwise they're just going to walk all over you aren't they yeah exactly well, that's that, that's like the punk attitude to have towards it isn't it if you don't like it <laughs> fuck off <laughs> yeah basically fuck off and die there you go yeah <laughs> it's true there like and, and what you said as well it's not just blackmail like there is definitely a bit of elitism in like a lot of us uh yeah even in fresh metal in death metal in punk like people always have like quite passionate opinions but you just got to say fuck it and get on with it exactly and you know it's, that's always been there and it'll always be there you know when i was a lot younger i used to be elitist you know probably more so than i am now but like yeah you, you, as you're growing up everyone would be like you either like you're the metallica camp or you're the maiden camp you know it's like mm -hmm. You, so you only listen to them style of bands because nothing else matters so that's it i'm going to stick to that genre but then actually you get to a point where you go oh actually there's a there's a bigger circle of metal bands there's there's even more out there and you start realizing and discovering that and then you kind of give up on that whole elitism stuff because there's so much to explore in the genre and there's yeah. so many great bands out there that why just listen to thrash or death metal like or or the the demo cassettes of your favorite black metal band and nothing else you know what i mean like just fucking explore it all it's it's a it's a great genre to to be a fan and follower of isn't it yeah too right yeah i think from like a musician standpoint it improves your music when you have a variety of different sounds that you listen to Definitely. because like i've i've met bands where it's like oh no i only listen to like the genre i make my music in and it kind of shows sometimes when in their music because you're like, oh yeah, standard, uh, standard little death metal fill there, standard little death metal guitar there, yep, yep. And it's kind of almost predictable. Whereas like, I think when you listen to a lot more things, you you end up going, I heard this fill in like this hardcore song. I think might actually fit really nicely here if we did something similar. And it just it widens the the scope of your music. Definitely. And you have to, you have to broaden your horizons. There's no point in just listening to the same stuff. Like, you know, there's not, there's nothing wrong to say that you can listen to hip hop, you can listen to rap, you can listen to pop, you can listen to, to punk, listen to whatever the fuck you want. It's all music at the end of the day. If you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Uh, but you can take influences from that. You know, with, with us, we take that, like we try to structure our songs in that sort of like, um, in, in the way that they write pop songs and rock songs you know where it's like verse verse chorus bridge chorus because that works there's a formula that works really well and it's and it goes to show because these bands sell a lot of records you know look at acdc have released the same record for the past yeah. 40 years but it works you know what i mean <laughs> so it, it is just Definitely. about making, yeah those influences from everywhere else and pulling it into your music because otherwise that's how that's how the genres become stale and boring you know like once you've heard so many tech death metal riffs you're just going to keep rehashing them it's time to inject something new into it you know and and that and, and that probably goes to show 
how a lot of the new death metal bands, for example, have gone into that old school 90s uh, entombed feel about it. Oh, yeah. They just seem to be, you know, maybe people are just a bit bored of all the tech death stuff that's been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I, I, I have found that, like, like bands like Gatecreeper, they're just coming, like, kind of out the gate and, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like I, I hear so much entombed from them, and it's like such kind. Of, it's kind of refreshing to hear because I've literally like all I've keep feel like I've kind of got from like death metal as a genre recently was just tech death. Let's make the riffs as advanced as humanly possible. Yeah. And like Gate Creeper come out and like we basically are just doing. We listen to left damp path. We like the guitar tone. We're basically doing left damp path each release yeah and we're simplifying it and it's like it works so well because it's so good to listen to yeah yeah and bec- and it worked well then you know there's there's a reason why it worked so well it's the same with us you know we were heavily influenced by the second wave of black metal we're not ashamed to say that you know but it, it was a great time for black metal and it was so simple and you know it so we kind of yeah bring them influences into us and you can kind of hear that and and that's what makes it refreshing because like you say, everybody goes down a certain route and then all the bands kind of all sound similar after a while, don't they? And then it takes mm. somebody else to come in and just break that and then everyone starts to sound like that and then that breaks and goes, you know, it's, it's that yeah, protection. For sure. um, well, also, also as well, like, you know, in terms of black metal, this, it's a shame that there's so many people that will only listen to the 90s, you know, wave of black metal because there's so much interest in black metal bands coming out now, like you guys, there's Winterfell, if there's also Imperial Triumphant who are making like black metal jazz, like people yeah. just need to broaden their eyes and to see like everything that's there's, going on because there's, there's so much. There's full of hell as well. There's full of hell. Like, I think full of hell at the minute. Oh my God. They make incredible fucking music. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that they came from a hardcore background and then just suddenly switched to black metal and it's like, they're doing it pretty well. Like they do it in a really, I think very unique way. And it's like, there's so many bands that, recently coming out that are insane but people are like no nah, nah, i like to listen to the same four demo tapes every day <laughs> so true but you know there's there's so many pockets of it like the american black metal scene is completely different to anything in the world the norwegian scene is obviously you know the kings of it all but then you know australia's got a good black metal scene um the uk's got an incredible black metal scene like but they're all different if you notice like the American bands don't really sound like the British bands. The British bands don't really sound like the American bands, etc. Yeah. So it is, yeah, it's very interesting and diverse at the moment. And like you say, there's so many good new bands coming out. It's just a, as a genre, it's it's pretty consistent. Um, there'll be, you know, if, if if you've got ten new releases, you're looking at probably six or seven of them that are going to be fucking bangers, you know. And you're like, yeah. actually, this is great. Um, it's yeah, it's just a really good, healthy, healthy genre at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, definitely. Um, on sort of like the subject of black metal, like I think this would be a really good segue into it. Is how do you feel like black metal has changed from like the early nineties to now? Like, what would you say is the the key changes that you you feel like has come across into the genre and improved it? Um, the accessibility of it all. Um, but obviously that goes against everything that. They said in the the first and second waves, you know, it was supposed to be about defiance um, because they were sick of black um, death metal, weren't they? Um, you know, mm. and they wanted to make it rawer, and they, they were sick of all the 
polished recordings and stuff um you know and it wasn't i suppose it wasn't really meant to be for the masses that's obviously completely changed because now it's a, a massive global money maker for a lot of bands you know that most of the the second wave like emperor and stuff like that are just you know they're, they're, they're huge aren't they larger than life bands mm. um so i think the accessibility of it all um is obviously a major positive um yeah, it's a difficult one. It's, it's certainly improved um, because it just injects so many influences into it now. Um, and like you say, it's not not many bands really kind of follow that second wave as such, do they? They're, they're, a lot of them are quite unique now, um, you know, like I say, injecting their own influences. But yeah, I think it's just mainly the the fact that it's more mainstream now is, is, is potentially a good thing and could be a bad thing. But um, yeah, I don't see it as a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think like bands are afraid to like go into like the avant-garde style of black metal as well. I think now people are happy to just take it in any direction that they want, and they're not really like you said with you guys, not not afraid of the criticism they'll receive. They'll just say fuck it, let's get roll with it. And if we want to put some jazz in there, we'll put some jazz in there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it gives you more freedom. I mean, you know, there were bands back then doing the avant-garde stuff with Victorious, um, you know, ridiculously avant-garde, but. Um, yeah, it, it is just that freedom now to like literally do whatever you want. Like you say, with Imperial Triumphant doing their their jazzy thing, uh, which is pretty bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it's cool. You know, it's completely different, and um, yeah, it's it's refreshing, and and I think it the, the genre just keeps reinventing itself. Um, uh, when it feels like it does get stale, then somebody else comes along and completely changes things up, and then other bands like Mork, for example, who hark back to the to the old days, kind of bring another refreshing vibe to it again, you know, because you're kind of like, oh, this is cool. This this sounds like the old school, you know, and yeah, it's mm. it's a strange one, really. No, I completely Definitely. agree. So like every band has a pre-stage rituals, like, you know, what are you guys doing before stage? What's Infernal C's pre-stage ritual? You're sacrificing some guts, you're doing some Jaeger bombs, like what's what's going on? Of course, we always uh, worship Satan, sacrifice <laughs> a few goats, you know, drink some blood. It's just important. The, yeah, the, the standard shit. Um, yeah, no, pretty much our pre-gig rituals is us just getting ready for ages. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the costumes. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, that's it. How long does it actually take to, like, get all the costume on before stage? It's not that bad, actually, because um, it's just robes and masks. It's probably 10 minutes or so. So, But um, it's just getting everything else set up and ready. It's always a bit of a ball ache, but, um, you know, here's what it is, isn't it? For sure, Definitely. for sure. Um, we all, we, obviously, we all know you guys love black metal, but is there any other genres that you tend to listen to and draw in for, uh, inspiration from, or what really just gets played when you're on in the van on tour? Any go to pleasures? Oh, they're not guilty pleasures. Like I'm not guilty of most of the stuff we listen to, but um, yeah, we listen literally listen to everything and anything. But it's mainly a lot of like, um, you know, maidens and a lot of fresh stuff and like I say, the old new wave of British heavy metal. Lots of hip hop. Um, depends if if we just played a show, um, we tend to avoid you know too much death metal or anything extreme, and then we just whack on all the old hip hop. So a bit of Dre, a bit of Cube. You know, B.I.G., oh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, we literally listen to everything. It just depends on the mood, you know. On the way to the show, we can just listen to, like, Day Aside and shit like that. And then, you know, on the way back, tame it down, stick on a bit of Madonna and Michael Jackson and have done with it. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's always like that for me, to be honest. Like, when I'm on the way to something, like, I'm on the way to a gig, I'll always have, like, the heaviest stuff on when I get back and I'm really tired at the end of the night. It's all the guilty pleasure stuff at the end. You just need it. Just, you know, when you've just blasted your ears with loud music, <laughs> you kind of need something to calm you down a bit, don't you? So just stick on your synthwave playlist or your 80s pop playlist or whatever and, you know, your punk playlist and it keeps you happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Um, do you ever find, like, do you ever find, like, you only listen to like I, I find for me personally I only listen to black metal when I'm not writing with my band uh, or like if I, I only listen to metal in general if I'm not writing with the band like if I am writing I tend to like listen to other stuff like I don't really listen to metal a lot and I think it's from writing it do you ever like feel the same do you ever like when you are writing you're like I've just had enough of metal for today I'm just yeah. gonna stick some metal on like <laughs> um personally no um i because i listen to music every day um you know it's, it's it's always been a big part of my life and i i listen to metal every day um but you know not just metal i will listen to other stuff for other day but yeah when i'm writing no because I, I, I don't because i'm obviously the vocalist and i just write the lyrics and stuff i don't subconsciously take all of that in um whereas it can be quite um problematic for say the guitarists because they'll they're, they're absorbing that music and then when you play a riff you could be like oh hang on a minute i just played this and that so and so you know because that's what they've been listening to so i do find that our guitarists and that don't really listen to too much when they're writing and they actually listen to other stuff because then it allows them to focus a bit more on, on what they're writing and then you don't accidentally inadvertently you know take somebody else's riff because that's what you've been listening to for a whole week and then go, oh shit, that's so-and-so's, no, can't use that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. but personally, no, I just listen to everything all day, every day. <laughs> that's all good. Um, so yeah, we did a deep dive into your your socials. So I have to ask, uh, are you, you post a lot of pictures with birds, like do you work with birds or are you just like, is that like a passing hobby for you? Birds? Yeah. Did you get the right profile? I typed in your name. I'm, I might have been your profile. Did I get the wrong profile? <laughs> it might have done. Um, I, no, I don't really post pictures of birds. I do like birds, though. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I assume Brad probably got the wrong one there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not many people with my name. I don't recall posting pictures of birds. Depends what birds you mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear I got your profile. It was like, like you said, that you're the vocalist of Eternal Sea. Unless I've switched profiles back, but unless you've got like a, a twin brother that's also into <laughs> birds and black metal. Well, bird watching. Um, I did. I used to go bird watching as a kid, but um, yeah, um, must have someone emulating me. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Scrap that one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm taking pictures of the birds so I can have them for the pre-ritual sacrifice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a pre-ritual. Bite, bite off that swan's head. <laughs> on like, sort of like, because we touched upon on the subject of like the black metal fan base. Um, I, the one thing I would say that separate the separates the black metal fan base from most fan bases in metal or in music in general it's just the level of how once they're kind of into it and they're really into it they'll ne they'll they'll never give anything else a chance in a way and like no this is me what do you think it what do you think makes 
black metal fans so die hard about the genre like what do you think it is about the genre that makes people like this is it this is all i need now it's definitely the intensity of the genre isn't it and it's it's one of the extremist forms of music i suppose and that attracts a certain type of person um it, it's not an accessible form of music is it is you either you either like black metal or don't um and and to be honest it took me a little while when when i first heard um you know some of the bands i was a bit like now nah, i'm not into this and it wasn't until a couple of years later that i'd revisit some of them albums and go actually this is really cool and then kind of you kind of clicked with it and it takes yeah. certain bands to make you click with it and i think because yeah because of the intensity and the extremity of the genre it just attracts a completely and utterly different crowd um and i think that's what they're drawn to um because it is mm. music is about escapism isn't it and maybe they feel a lot of people feel more at home with the crowd with the black metal crowd um yeah. you know they feel like they're more accepted amongst that crowd um a lot of outcasts i guess within within the metal genre as a whole really isn't it you know we you look at 20 30 years ago we were kind of outcast by society and seen as the the long-haired grebos that you know nobody really liked but now it's become quite a uh a popular genre in a way um yeah it's become a lot more accepting and it's just about that community isn't it and i, I think that's what it is they just feel more accepted within that genre I think as well, like when I think about black metal, um, as well as it being intense, it's also sometimes a bit of a therapeutic experience. Listen to black metal, I can often find myself listening to quite a few bands that I find almost relaxing. Um, it's not every band, of course, but like there is quite a few that I can just stick on and just have it on in the background or just relax to it. So I could definitely be more down to listen to black metal most of the time than I would for death metal because because of the exact reasons what I said. So yeah, but I suppose that's a a point of why black metal might be so accessible to people that when they yeah. get into it yeah i'm you know i'm the same i can listen to stuff and can even fall asleep to some black metal records because yeah. it's relaxing you know it's but it's is that just because you like them sounds you know so you can feel more relaxed to it but if you put something on that jars you it's just you know you, you're not going to be able to relax to it are you you know you put on something that you just think like you know for me i, I don't like jazz um it drives me mad so if someone was to put jazz, i'm in the same but <laughs> yeah i it just makes me angry like i can't i can't deal with it um and 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 weirdly enough like jazz classical um just pisses me off and everyone's like but it's nice it's you know it's like no it's not I'm like just fuck it off the stereo like <laughs> I, I tried to get in jazz and I just, into jazz and I just threw the fucking CD out the window because it just drove me mad. Um, I was like, <laughs> yeah. it just irritates me, you know. But again, you know, some people can absolutely love it, you know. It's quite interesting, actually, like the polarizing opinion because. I guess somewhere that people might look at jazz and classical and the way some people might look at death metal is like they're both sort of heavy in their own ways. Like jazz has like no sort of structure. It is kind of all over the place how people might see, I don't know, tech death or something. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I wonder if they have the same opinion of that as like people do with like classical. Maybe. I mean, people that listen to classical and jazz probably won't ever listen to any metal bands, will they? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even though they probably yeah. know they listen to yeah, any true. band. But as soon as you give them a band like that, they'll be like, oh, no, I don't like this. You know, <laughs> at least that's I, I, I remember when, uh, Okay. Yeah. I, I remember when Brad tried taking me to like a jazz bar. Do you remember this, Brad, when you were like, oh, 
I found like this speakeasy place in Leeds. Do you want to come to it? They play live jazz, and I was like, I'd rather stick pins in my bollocks <laughs> than go there. <laughs> it would be torture, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm like, I, I was like, I really don't like jazz. And Brad like, how do you not like jazz? I'm like, simple. It's just fucking noise. I'm sorry, it's just fucking noise. It's just some guy playing the trumpet. Trumpet. The drumming's all right. I can appreciate the drumming, right? But it's just all sorts of shit just thrown at me. And I just don't like it. It's yeah. just not nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a love or hate thing. Yeah, it's a, you know you connect to it or you don't. Like I say, you can appreciate the musicianship in it, but it's just not for me. Um, it just makes me want to smash things. No, that's yeah, fair it, it, it like aggravates me. Like I like there's no pattern. There's just no pattern. It's like, all right, did you actually like spend ages writing this, or did you just go fuck it and then just did it and then like there we go, avant-garde guys. Do you know what I mean like? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they just got very high, <laughs> very high, and just made something. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to ask as well. Um, so obviously not birds, but do you have any hobbies and interests outside of music that like people might not know about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, but I'm not going to disclose them. <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> so, so mainly just music, but um, yeah, I, I do ever ha- have other hobbies, but it will ruin the mistakes. So I'm not going to say them. No, that's okay. That was sparked my interest. I'm very intrigued to know what they are, but that's fine. Don't have to mention I'll, them. I'll tell you when we finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, one thing as well, like, what what would you say is like the funniest thing that's happened on tour for you, you guys? Do you, t- do you tend to have like quite a few funny moments? Yeah, we do. I mean, amongst ourselves, because obviously we've we've been mates for so long. So as any band together, you just you just turn into a bunch of idiots, don't you? But um, yeah, there's there's plenty of fun stories. But um, we've been quite fortunate, really, in a lot of the places and shows we've played. That um, there hasn't really been anything, you know, ridiculously funny that we can report. We, you know, as any band, you've obviously had all these moments where you just think, oh fucking hell. But um, yeah, nothing really silly um as such mm. not that i can think of off the top of my head um no nah, quite boring in that sense that's all good <laughs> that's all good so we are getting to sort of the end point of the interview now um how we like to end it is what advice would you give to younger self starting out in the band and what advice would you give to like new bands starting out like what would your key advice be just go for it just do you know write the music you want to write um practice that's the key you know a lot of bands rush into it um you know they'll they'll get together have probably four or five songs and then want to play and they've only been together for like three months literally you know get them songs down practice as hard as you can get them as tight as fuck because then people are going to notice you you know if if you're sloppy as hell then no one you know you're just going to be laughed at aren't you so yeah just practice and just go for it and just be yourselves and just write what you want to write and you know that's the only advice you can you can give and and yeah any starting band you're gonna be shit when you start like but just stick with it and you'll get better you know it's just that's how it works we all started in bands that you know you look back at and think jesus christ that is awful you know but <laughs> you've got to start somewhere haven't you um and it's, it's just about being passionate and doing it for sure for sure Definitely. um but yeah thank you so much for coming on um I love your new album, so I definitely want to get it on vinyl at some point. And I'm sure I'll see you guys on a tour again in the UK or playing Damnation, playing Bloodstock. But I'll definitely be seeing you guys when you come back. Definitely. Um, you know, we've got plans to 
to play shows in 2022. And actually, we're playing with Batushka in, in November this year. So that's our, our first show for this year. But um, yeah, we'll be... And then we're doing the Incineration Fest actually next year with with Emperor in London. So yeah, you'll you'll see us on some shows next year for for sure. I really want to go to Incineration Festival, but it's in London itself, far from us. So I would like to go, but I don't think I'll be going. But that tour you mentioned, right, with, we've had a year of no gigs. I I don't want to hear the shit. Of, oh, it's too yeah. far away. We're <laughs> fucking going neither way. No matter what it takes. I don't care. I don't care. If it's in London, I'm getting the train in a hotel. If it's in Leeds, I'm going to walk right to the venue. I don't. It's been a year. We've got, to, yeah. we've got to have a trip down. I'll take a bit of chances now. <laughs> and it's Emperor, so of course, just jump on a train. It's not it's not that and far. Uh, and Dark Funeral as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, that well, looks really good. But I think the tour that you mentioned with Batushka and... Uh, is it Belfagor that they're playing with as well? Because I was thinking about going to that. So probably see you guys at that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that one would be sick. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Because um, I've never seen Belfagor either, so... Um, Very good. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him. So. Very good. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, hope you have a good rest of your week, and uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you soon.